Hey there, I'm Rianne Mullins, and I'm the host of the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. 15 years ago, I lost 65 pounds by revamping my lifestyle in a very realistic and totally manageable way. Now, I teach other women how to ditch the yo-yo dieting cycle and start living a balanced, fit, and happy life through real food, effective exercise, and a powerful mindset. Each week, I'll be popping into your ears to teach you how you, too, can live a balanced and fit life free from unrealistic diets and crazy expectations. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. This is Ann Mullins, and I really appreciate you being here today. Today, uh, we are going to talk about something that I believe is very important, and it may not be super fun, Although I admit, I think it's fun because I love anything sciencey and body related, but it's something that I think we need to hear. I think it's something if you are struggling with weight or struggling with how you feel physically, whether that's energy or pain or inflammation or poor sleep, whatever, this might be something that could be affecting you. And I think it's really important to talk about. So I believe it's very important to understand the relationship between your food, your blood sugar or blood glucose levels and insulin and how finding more stability and balance in this area can help you feel so much better physically and could potentially help you get better results from your, all your efforts that you're trying. Right. But not to mention just better health long-term. And I'm not going to explain the entire process or how it all works specifically because it is complicated. And honestly, this kind of topic, I think it's easier to show graphs and pictures, and I'm not going to do that on here. So I'm going to do my best with explaining blood sugar, and I'm going to use an example to do that. Okay. For years, I have been teaching my clients how to balance their meals. And if you've been with me for some time, either listening to this podcast or maybe working with me, you know that I am not a fan of diets, especially rigid, strict diets that make you get rid of foods that you love or get rid of whole food groups or nutrients. And yes, I am talking about things like keto and I'm talking about Atkins and I'm talking about other programs that are just starving people to get them results. But I will say before I go on that I do realize there is a time and a place for almost anything. So if you love keto or if you love Atkins or if you love, you know, whatever diet you've been tried or using, Hey, go for it. It's, you know, only, you know, your true feelings and only you can decide what works best for you. Okay. What I hope to do is open your eyes to just an easier, more pleasant way of living one without restriction or one without having to take away food just to get skinny. Okay. And that is why I want to teach you or explain the blood sugar insulin cycle and how it works so that you can have good energy, feel full, feel satisfied and not want to eat your arm off. Okay. I mean, who wants to do that? Nobody. So if you have ever done my 12 week program, I know there's a lot of you on here that have, so thank you. Woo-hoo, shout out to you. Or if you've ever worked with me one-on-one, I know there's lots of you out there too. So hi, you may remember some of this. And if you don't, well, it's what my programs and my work really works toward, or at least part of the program um, of the 12 week program is part of it. And that's having a more level and steady blood sugar. Okay. 
That's why I call my program The Balance Method. We're balancing lots of things, but one of the main things that we're trying to balance, and there probably is a better word, but is our blood sugar. So let's talk about a typical American's day. Okay. And this is an American woman who um, really wants to lose weight or get more fit. Okay. So just go with it. Just go with this example and see if you can find yourself in it anywhere. So let's say it's 6.30 a.m. Alarm alarm clock goes off. Um, the woman may hit snooze a few times or maybe, maybe they can get up. Uh, she looks at her phone immediately, looks at her phone, feels a little ping of stress. You know, that like ping in your belly of like, Ugh, right? Gets a little stressed and then heads immediately to the coffee pot. Okay. So then the morning goes on 8 a.m. Maybe she's headed to work or maybe she's already at work, but probably hasn't eaten breakfast because they just don't really like breakfast. They never feel hungry. I hear this, by the way, every single day from somebody. And then, you know, 10 or 1030 comes around and they're kind of hungry, feeling a little low energy. So, hey, let's go grab more coffee from the break room, right? Like just, I need more caffeine is the immediate thinking. 12 or 12.30 comes along and they're starving, okay? They can't wait for lunch. Finally get to go to lunch and maybe she eats a salad and she throws some chicken on there because she's heard that you're supposed to eat chicken and salad to lose weight. And of course, she gets the dressing on the side, okay? She feels like she could eat more, but knows that she needs to drop a few pounds. So she's trying to eat less, okay? She didn't have breakfast, she thinks she's doing so good because she hasn't had that many calories today. And then she eats this little salad and she's like, okay, I can do this. I got it. I'm going to lose weight doing this. So three o'clock rolls around. Okay. And she can't stop thinking about eating something sweet or crunchy or salty or anything that's edible. Okay. Maybe she'll go to the vending machine and look for something, or maybe she'll just grab a diet Coke or more coffee to get through the afternoon. Okay. Does that sound familiar at all? And then, you know, five or six, you know, depending on her work day, when it ends, it comes along and she's exhausted. Like work is busy and super stressful. There's always something happening at work. So she can't wait to just get out of the office, get home, you know, change her clothes, get out of the tight pants, get out of those uncomfortable shoes and just like sit on the couch. Right. Sounds awesome. So she gets home. She immediately knows she needs to like, you know, make dinner, especially if she has little people that live with her that she has to feed. <laughs> so she's starving. The family is probably hungry and they're either going to get takeout or actually make dinner. Either way, she is so hungry that she tends to overeat that meal. She feels bloated and so annoyed with herself because she thinks that she gave up and didn't follow her diet well. So at this point, she's like, well, I might as well have a cookie or a glass or five of wine and promises herself that she will do better tomorrow. You know, if she's lucky, she'll get in a walk for the day, but probably not because she's exhausted and she just wants to crash on the couch or go to bed. Okay. So even though I'm making up this person and her story, it's one that I hear a lot. Maybe your situation isn't exactly like that, but maybe you can see how parts of it fit your lifestyle. And if you've been here with me for a while, maybe you've already changed some of these habits and I hope so. Well, I want to take this scenario, okay, and show you how the blood sugar cycle fits in. 
But first, let me just tell you what blood sugar or blood glucose is and why it's important. And then I'll explain what insulin is and why it's important. So blood sugar has a job. Okay. And this job is energy. Blood glucose level, okay, the blood glucose level is the amount of glucose in the blood. Glucose is a sugar that comes from the foods we eat, and we also form it and store it inside of our body. So it's the main source of energy for the cells of our body, and it's carried to each cell through the bloodstream. So then insulin, insulin is a hormone that helps regulate the amount of sugar or glucose in your blood. So insulin is actually responsible for taking the glucose from the blood and delivering it to the cells. Okay. Therefore blood glucose and insulin work together and the body is constantly trying to level out our blood sugar levels. Okay. If you've listened to this podcast for a while or just worked with me, you'll probably remember that I said metabolism is constantly taking measure of everything going on. So it wants to work to keep the blood sugar from getting too high or too low by releasing various hormones to do the job. Okay. I read an amazing example. I love it. So here about how insulin works. So you can think of insulin as a police officer. Okay. And blood glucose is a criminal. Okay. I mean, don't actually think blood glucose is bad, but just the example. So you got insulin is the cop and blood glucose is the bad guy. Okay. A criminal is not going to walk themselves into jail, right? So just like sugar is not going to take itself to the cell. Insulin's job is to escort the sugar that's in the blood to the cells where it can be processed for energy. Okay. So just like a cop's job is to arrest the bad guy and take them to jail to process them, you know, they're being arrested. Okay. And that's where they're going to stay. So if there was a riot in the streets, let's say that there's a big riot going on and lots of criminals are everywhere. There's no possible way for the policemen to arrest all the criminals. So some of them get away just like sugar in the blood. If you flood your system with too much sugar at once, the insulin can't take all the sugar to the cells. And so there's leftover sugar in the blood. Okay. This can lead a person to being insulin resistant. Okay. If there's always so much sugar going on, it's pretty soon your body's going to start ignoring the insulin. Okay. So we want to be careful to not overload our body with too much sugar too often. All right. That's, I just love that example. So let's take this and go back to our example woman. Okay. Let's call her Barbara. Let's give her a name. Okay, Barbara. Barbara wakes up and instantly grabs a coffee, right? Oh, and she also looked at her phone first thing. Not a great idea because it will set those stress hormones into action before you even start the day. But let's talk about the coffee. She drinks a coffee before she does anything, and it's very likely that she has some creamer or sugar in that coffee. Okay, and guess what? I'm totally not opposed to my clients drinking creamer in their coffee. I do every single day. There are definitely worse things in the world. I mean, Seriously, like coffee and with creamer is one of my happiest moments of the day. So I'm not telling you not to do that, but just keep listening. Okay. So do you remember though, that Barbara drank a coffee and didn't eat breakfast? Okay. Well, let's keep going. Let's take a, a little glimpse inside of Barbara's body. Okay. Barbara drinks the coffee. Barbara's blood sugar increases. Okay. Because it's supposed to, it's doing its job. And then her body releases insulin to help transport the coffee, the cream, the sugar to her cells for energy. 
At this point, she may feel a little energized and maybe a little jittery. The caffeine also plays a role here, but it could also be that blood sugar is getting a little too high too quickly. Okay. Now you guys, I am speaking in general terms. Everybody is different. So please just go with the example for learning purposes and then see if you can relate. Okay. Then Barbara starts her day, no breakfast and guess what will happen to the blood sugar level. Okay. Well, it's going to crash. That's probably why around 10 to 10 30, Barbara is seeking out more coffee. She's feeling either tired or maybe even wired and thinks that she just needs more caffeine. So she gets more coffee and still no food. And remember, Barbara's trying to lose weight. So she's trying to avoid food because she's thinking that she needs to eat less. Hmm. Okay. So then it's lunchtime and Barbara is starving. I mean, no duh, right? (laughs) She's starting to see hamburgers in the eyes of her coworkers and can't focus on what they're saying. She feels a little delirious, but she wants to lose weight. So she gets a sweet little garden salad. right? She's like, I'm going to be a good girl and eat my little salad with a little bit of chicken on top. And of course, with little to no dressing. And I'm teasing by the way, because I used to do this too. So she might dip her fork into the dressing before each bite, just to get a little moisture and flavor in the bite. Okay. Do you do that? Or did you used to do that? I did. I did, but I don't do it anymore. So anyway, she's starving because her blood sugar is low. She has little to no energy. She feels extra stressed out. She can't think clearly. And now she's going to only eat a little tiny baby salad. Okay. This will increase her blood sugar a little and give her a little energy, a little hope. (laughs) And, but, but is she eating enough to really energize her brain and her body for the rest of the day? Hmm. Well, at 3 PM, she has another crash. So she either grabs something from the vending machine or she can't stay away from the cupcakes that somebody brought into the break room. I mean, don't you hate that? Because she's again, just needing some quick energy to get through the afternoon. Or most likely she's going to grab a diet soda or more coffee. Okay. If she eats a sugary snack, her blood sugar is again going to shoot up quickly, but very shortly it will crash back down just about the time to head home. Okay. So what do you think will happen to Barbara when she eats dinner? Well, what I hear from many women is this, they eat dinner. Then they have this unsatisfied feeling that makes them want to keep going back to the refrigerator or pantry to find just something that's something they're not sure what it is, but there's just that something that's going to finally make them feel satisfied, you know, and I have been there before. I totally understand. Now, before they know it, they've eaten a bunch of little snacks here and there. Okay. Or, or maybe instead of eating after dinner, they get home and they keep taking a bite here and there and tasting and licking the spoon and taking little bites out of, you know, the pot and they're testing it supposedly, but really they're like eating it. And so they're doing this while they're cooking. So they've consumed a bunch of extra calories before they even eat dinner or, or if they're snacking after they're eating more calories too. So this whole day of starving, Feeding, starving, feeding is creating a roller coaster with blood sugar, insulin, and even cortisol. Okay. Cortisol is our stress hormone. And when you don't eat enough, your body will get stressed out and you'll have, you'll have more cortisol in your system. Okay. And this kind of back and forth seesaw motion between cortisol and insulin creates more problems, creates this unsatisfied feeling, this 
um, you know, honestly, lack of results. Okay. And if you go most of the day with only consuming small amounts of food and high levels of caffeine, you will end your day overeating because willpower will go away. Okay. I don't even believe in willpower. Okay. Instead of relying on willpower and self promises, it's a much better idea to learn how your body responds to foods and eating periods and try to get away from having these highs and lows with blood sugar. When we avoid glucose spikes, many things fall into place naturally. Our mood is better. Our energy is better. We have less cravings. Our skin looks and feels more balanced and we sleep much better. And guess what? Another side effect of all of these things might be the weight loss that you're looking for. Okay. So I believe that our woman, Barbara, our example, Barbara made these mistakes. I'm going to list out the mistakes and I'm going to tell you what she can do better. So first of all, she immediately looked at her phone when she woke up. When you look at your phone, first thing, whether it's at email, text, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok or whatever it is that you like, you will very likely get stressed out before you even start your day. This increase in stress will already increase your blood glucose levels. It's like, it's like, you know, you haven't even started the day and you're already like working against yourself. Okay. She, number two, she drinks coffee with sugary creamer before she eats. Okay. This combination of sugar and caffeine and the stress from the phone all could possibly create a big spike of blood sugar. Okay. And I'm saying could possibly because we are all different. So this may or may not be you, but if you have a similar story, then keep listening. Okay. The third thing she does that I think is a mistake is skipping breakfast with this high level of blood sugar and no food. Okay. It'll lead to a big rush of insulin coming in to transport the member, the criminals to, to jail, the glucose to the cells. Once this happens, Barbara will experience a crash. Okay. This will be about mid morning. Okay. It gives her the jitters or lack of energy, which makes her think that she needs more coffee to boost her energy. Okay. And she will have too much insulin left in her body that can potentially be stored as fat. Too many years of this and your body will become insulin resistant. Okay. Which can ultimately lead to diabetes and heart disease and the dreaded middle role. Okay. The fourth thing that I think she did not correctly is not eating a balanced meal for lunch. Okay. If you're a low, low carb, like fan, you may not agree with me here and that's fine, but I truly believe that having a very healthy carb mixed carbohydrate with mixed with her salad and chicken will help keep her feeling more satisfied and balanced for longer. But if Barbara is a low carb person, she will at least then need to add more protein, or more fat to her salad to keep her feeling fuller longer. Either way, she needs to eat more food. Okay. Then when she had her mid afternoon slump, she wanted either a diet soda, sugar, or more coffee to help her get through the afternoon. But had she eaten a more appropriate lunch and balanced breakfast, the likelihood of having that afternoon crash is less. Okay. At least from a physical standpoint. Now, emotionally, she might still have a mental crash, meaning she's tired, bored, annoyed, stressed. That's still possible. But from a physical standpoint, having fuller, more balanced meals is going to reduce the likelihood of having that afternoon crash. And then finally, because she didn't eat enough or balanced enough throughout the day, she feels unsatisfied and spends the evening seeking out food 
to feel better. Okay. Also seeking out food, not only from a physical standpoint, which I think in this situation, it is a physical need. Okay. Because her blood sugar has been out of control all day, but stress also leads to this evening, like picking. Okay. So they are very much related. Now, even though this example woman is trying to lose weight, she doesn't even realize that her approach is not going to help her. She could possibly be eating too much in the evening and probably too much on the weekends. So all of her efforts of skipping breakfast and eating a little salad and trying to like white knuckle through the day is actually working against her. That is so important to understand. Okay. If you've been trying to lose weight for years and years and years, and you see yourself in this situation, it is time to break this cycle. Okay. It is time to break the cycle. Now, here are my biggest tips for creating more balance. One, eat breakfast. I'm going to say it before your coffee. I know you're shaking your head at me. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, if you eat your breakfast before your coffee, it's good. You're going to feel better. Caffeine makes your muscle less efficient at soaking up glucose from the bloodstream. Caffeine raises stress hormones, which can increase your glucose levels. Caffeine makes it harder for your body to dispose or get rid of the excess glucose. And even though I said it's okay to drink creamer in your coffee, especially if it's your happiest moment of the day, just make sure you aren't using too much or try to get a lower sugar option, okay? You can still have it. Just try to switch the order of breakfast and coffee, okay? Or if you're like, nope, then eat your breakfast with your coffee, okay? That's a little bit better, okay? The second tip that I have is consider eating a savory breakfast instead of um, a sugary one. So like eggs and vegetables versus um, cereal, okay? Or at least include a protein and fiber to help reduce the amount of glucose, okay? So one thing I recently shared on Instagram is that you know, for years I avoided cereal because cereal can spike your blood sugar. Um, you have crashes later, but what I've done lately, and it sounds weird, but I've actually been adding protein powder. Like I pour the cereal, like a low sugar cereal, like a Chex cereal, because it's gluten-free. I need gluten-free. So I do like a corn Chex with vanilla protein powder on it. And then I put coconut milk and I just kind of stir it up so that the protein powder melts in And the protein powder that I use has a little bit of sweetener in it. So it's like adding sweetener to my crunchy cereal and I love it. Okay. I don't do it all the time because it, it's not like super like forever satisfying to me, but it's, it, it, sometimes I just like that. But anyway, adding protein to any kind of, um, sugary meal and or starchy meal is going to help keep the blood sugar, um, curve down. Okay. So my third tip is try drinking apple cider vinegar before a meal. Okay. I know that it's not always easy to do, but vinegar helps keep your blood glucose from spiking. Lemon also works, but not quite as well as research shows that the vinegar actually works a little bit better. So I used to teach my clients and I don't really talk about it as much anymore, although I probably should be. Um, I used to do a drink called the morning mojo. Okay. Which is some like either warm or room temperature water with some like a shot of apple cider vinegar and some lemon and a little bit of cayenne pepper, the morning mojo. And I have some clients I think still drink that every single day. And Hey, by the way, if you don't like cayenne pepper, you could do cinnamon, but the idea is it's going to set your 
blood sh sugar levels at a good place before you eat. Okay. So that's just a little thing to consider. My fourth tip is eat more vegetables. Fill up on fiber. Vegetables and fruits have fiber and water, which is going to help also work with the blood glucose um, curve. Okay. Now, if you were eating a high sugar fruit, it's still healthy for you, but you're going to want to pair that with some protein. Okay. My fifth tip is every time you eat a starch, starchy carb, okay, eat a protein with it. Kind of like I was just saying, protein and fiber will help balance blood sugar levels, keep you fuller longer. And it's one of the best ways if you are looking to lose a few pounds, really focusing on protein and fiber is going to help help you with that. My sixth tip is when you eat fruit, eat it whole. Okay. Not as a juice or dried. I know that people love juicing and I, I go against the grain and say, I'm not really for it. Um, okay. So when you have dried fruits or juiced fruits, they're really higher concentrated with sugar. Okay. This leads to a blood sugar spike, but when you eat the whole fruit, think about it, you're getting like all of the extra fiber with it. So when you eat an orange, you have like the peel and kind of the white stuff, you know, <laughs> what is that pulpy stuff that is going to give you less of a blood sugar spike than drinking a glass of orange juice. So just think about that. And these little switches like this are going to just make it everything so much better for you. You're going to feel so much better. And then my seventh tip is to try to go for a 10 minute walk after each meal. Okay. This is a great way to help your body use the glucose. Okay. So movement is going to help deliver that glucose to the cells and be burned as energy. But, you know, I know that you can't always do that, but if you could just find five to 10 minutes to go walking, even if it's just around your house or around the office or like up and down some stairs, it's a great way to, like I said, help manage the glucose, but also a great way to manage stress. We can all use more steps in our day. And if you're feeling super rushed, I would highly suggest prioritizing this 10 minute walk after each meal. You can find the time. You just have to make it important enough to do it. Okay. We all have 10 minutes, even if you think you don't. Okay. I promise. So I hope that you found this helpful. Okay. I, um, I wanted to use an example. I want to be careful because I am not a doctor. Um, although I totally feel like I am <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wish I was, if I could go back today, I would go back to medical school I actually really would, but I'm too lazy to do that. So I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. But anyway, I, I just want to remind you that this podcast is really meant to be informative. And if there's anything that I talk about that piques your interest, you're always welcome to contact me to see if I can help you with it or if I can put you in touch with somebody else or maybe you need a special doctor and that's fine. But my whole purpose is um, giving you information, okay, and helping you be more aware and trying to take the information that I'm giving you and see how it fits into your life. It, sometimes it will, and sometimes it's not going to have anything to do with you. Okay. And that's fine, but there are all kinds of podcasts out there. Okay. And they all have different purposes. But when I started this podcast, I just wanted to make it educational and not always entertaining, but maybe a little entertaining. You know, my goal as a coach though, is to spread as much useful information as possible. If I can help just one person with each episode, then my work is done. And if you find this podcast or this episode or any episode helpful, 
please consider sharing it with your friends and your family. And I know that I speak mostly to women, but all of this information is very valid for men as well. Now, if I start talking about menopause, maybe they're not interested in that, but even men need to know about that, especially if they have a woman in their life. Okay. So, so don't be scared to share this with like your husbands or your brothers or, you know, your coworkers or anybody that's interested in getting healthier. This is really for everybody. Okay. So thank you again so much for being here and I will catch you next week. Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And if you are looking for a crew of amazing women who are also seeking a balanced fit and free lifestyle, be sure to join my exclusive community on Facebook. The link is waiting for you in the show notes. Until next time, keep your thoughts positive and your coffee hot.